While we believe the information in this broadcast is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decisions. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration is not an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not mean that the advisor has attained a specific level of skill or ability. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker-dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a quarterly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation. Welcome to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, listen in to successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts, Rick Durkee, Eric Cox, and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning to you, low country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard every Saturday morning exclusively here on 94.3 WSC. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, with the lovely and talented... That would be Byron? you, Yeah, that nope. would be you, Leslie. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, he is lovely. <laughs> we got Byron here, too. Thank you, Low Country, and welcome to Beyond the Business. People you know, stories you don't. And to make sure and follow us, um, find us on Facebook at Beyond the Business and on Twitter at hashtag BTBCHS. And what? We got we got a third co-host today, We have right? another Guest co-host, although this is a couple times you're losing the title of guest, Mr. Byron Stahl. I know, I know. I can't be a guest anymore, I guess. Surprise, surprise, this is Byron Stahl. Good to be here. Welcome to the studio this morning, Byron. Looking forward to having you uh, filling in for Mr. Rick Durkee. It can't be with us this morning. Um, but another great, lovely Saturday in the low country. Hard to believe we're here in the middle of November getting ready for uh, Turkey, Day. Turkey Day coming up. That's right. And, and, you know, it's like musical chairs. You weren't with us last week, so um, you missed out on a really we're great trying to show. Keep you on your toes yeah trying to keep exactly you know who's the staple you me as always right well the glue of, that holds speaking this of together staple and and glue uh great show last week i know with mr daryl jones from the south carolina um small business development center and we uh, actually had his colleague mr jim wasson on a few months back so uh unfortunately i didn't get to sit in here and grill daryl like you did but uh leslie tell our listeners what was your major takeaways from that show well we covered a ton of ground it was kind of it was a different show and we kind of went over basically what the sbdc does and a good majority of our listeners um need to spend a lot of time we went over a lot of their services i thought it was really interesting interesting and i didn't realize that there was so much that they offered that was free i was gonna say free i know free and you know i'm cheap so when you say free you're speaking my language um they offer everything from assistance with business plans and free private counseling uh, financing options marketing strategies financial management exporting assistant i mean assistance the list goes on and, and it's on. not just for startups it's not just new business right. if you've been in business a while and you're retooling and you need a thought partner what a great place to go i know i mean resource. even raising capital later on in the business later on in the business so uh, in case you happen to miss that episode definitely check us out at 
CoastalWM.com, right? And click on the radio show. You'll see radio icon in the top right-hand corner. Not only is Daryl's show there, but we have our last 20 or so shows for your listening pleasure. So if you have nothing to do later on on this great Saturday, click on there and listen to some great stories of entrepreneurship. Speaking of which. I know. Who do we have this week? We're switching gears to uh, Cheryl Etheridge and David Lewis, who are in the studio with us this morning. They are the co-owners of Amada Senior Care. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks for having us. We're excited you took time on a Saturday morning to come in and join us. Uh, So we appreciate that. And we're looking forward to diving into all about Amada and the great things that you're all doing in this community. I know uh, you all have been out hitting the streets hard. And so you're going to give us some great uh, information, not just about your company, but what's going on in Charleston. However, before we talk about all those wonderful things. What we have today is actually very unique. In fact, both of these owners here are, in fact, cousins, which is very (laughs) unique for the show. So let's take a dive way back and uh which by the way i'm going to interrupt that ties into our our mantra right stories you know and i mean people you know stories you know stories you don't that's right (laughs) so you might know them but you didn't know they were cousins right absolutely so let's go all the way back did you guys grow up together tell us a little bit about um your background so so yes we're cousins we uh we're from virginia uh grew up in virginia beach originally and then um, we, we parted ways. Uh, my family moved um, to, to Florida, and David's family moved. So we separated for probably about 10 or 15 years and, and went our, our separate ways and then reconnected back in our 20s. And so um, have been on that path ever since to always wanted to work together. And um, we were of the same mindset and, and work ethic and uh, always wanted to have a business together. So that brought us to today. And I would add that we're more like brothers and sisters than cousins. So basically, uh, she's the older sister that's always harassing oh, me and pushing me from you here. You had to, to go there. Here we go. It started already. I know. I this love is going to be a great well, this, show. This is a first, Leslie, because we've had in the last three years, we've had husband and wife. Yep. We've had siblings. Yep. This is uh, the and first we, cousin. We've show. even had uh, the first cousin show. I like that. It might no be the, the first time cousins have disowned each other on your show. <laughs> I know. Well. I, I can't wait to hear all of the family secrets. Uh, <laughs> so, that'll be the third show. That would, <laughs> we need a whole other half hour for that. So, growing up, like you said, what was it like? Uh, I, I like birth order stories as well. So, are you the oldest, the youngest? How many siblings? What was it like in those early, like elementary school years? So, uh, I'm I'm the youngest. I had an uh, an older brother. And, um, you know, of course, uh, he tormented me to, to beyond and back. And I followed and harassed uh, him and his friends um, to the ends of the earth as well. So a typical brother-sister relationship. So when David came along uh, a few years later, I wanted to take advantage of that and, and have some payback uh, t- towards his direction. So uh, I took advantage of that and um, threw him off a bridge or two along the way and— uh, just toughened him up, right? Try to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, just just as my brother did. Powers of persuasion. Yes, that's, yes, that's right. That's right. Been working on those ever since. And how about you, David? Growing up, give us a little sense of what life was like as a youngster in your household. Absolutely. So I have a younger brother; who's about four and a half years younger than I am. And uh, my my father is military based, so came up in a home that was quite disciplined. Uh, so I was always looking to challenge that as a typical uh, older brother, if you will, challenging uh, challenging that that status quo. And I think that's really what brought that forward. And to Cheryl's point. Um, the cousins being three years separated from from her brother to her to me was always a, a fun challenge and looking to to enjoy the uh, let's say the childhood challenges that we had playing and growing up in the in the coastal area so it was quite fun. So um, one of the things that we usually start off show and we kind of skip we jumped right into your background for our listeners this morning 
Uh, they probably heard us talk about the fact that you guys are uh, co-founders, co-owners of Amada Senior Care. Give us a real, just quick, you know, thirty-second snippet commercial on what is Amada. We'll dive into it in depth later, but just for the the quick listener here this morning. So we we do non-medical in-home care and basically senior consulting as well. So we we do lifestyle audits uh, for seniors, basically help them age in place. It's all built in, around that whole structure of we we all want to to live independently in our homes as long as possible. And what does it take to get you there? So basically we, we do all of that um, goal setting. We, we ask you what your goals are and we get you there. We, we build out our network to uh, provide anything and, and everything from a solution standpoint to make that happen. Certainly a great need, not only in our community, but all around the country. And we'll dive in, like I said, in a little bit to what specifically you all are doing in there. All right. Well, let's uh, head on back to childhood. You, you guys gave a little bit of background about your family. Uh, what were some of the hobbies you um, were involved in? Oh, my goodness. Everything. You know, growing up as uh, kids on the beach, we, um, we we ran around every chance we could to, to escape to the beach. Um, sports, we were encouraged to do absolutely everything. Uh, there was... We, Stomping through the mud. Yes, yes. A lot of <laughs> that. A lot of that as well. And... Uh, Basically, we were just encouraged to try everything. You know, it didn't matter what it was, but you had to go out there and you tried it. And there was there was no such thing as failure. You might not be as successful as you wanted to be at that endeavor uh, because you can't be successful at everything. But you certainly had to try everything and you had to look for everything as an opportunity. And so that's what that's what we did. So we we did every sport imaginable, both organized and disorganized. Um, you know, every football game was in our backyard. And uh, everything was all inclusive. And growing up in Virginia Beach, it was a, a great town to grow up in because it was a military town. So you had lots of transit. You had people from all over the world living next door. And it was a phenomenal place to grow up and just be exposed to different cultures and potluck dinners. Um, you know, every house had a different potluck dinner and you just had everybody over and uh, everybody congregated in our backyard. And um, it was just a great, great place to grow up. As successful entrepreneurs, uh, you were both. All honors, straight A students, right? Absolutely. I'll defer yes. to <laughs> <laughs> Next question. I can tell you the first B and only B I got. That was in fourth grade. But anyway, who's counting? So, so I won't on that. that note, what type of students were you? Um, I, you know, I I was uh, a good student. I was a tad bit of a procrastinator, but I used that to incentivize me, right? So I studied incredibly hard the last two hours before the test. Um, but as far as the prep work. Um, that has been a challenge my entire life. David? Yeah, for me, I was an avid reader, so I really enjoyed reading. That was my escape. Um, I was the one that was in the library quite a bit. I would enjoy different stories, different books. Uh, history was my my gig, if you will. I really enjoyed history, learning about uh, the different cultures and how that impacted life and society. So for me, that was what really drove me early on. And, of course, just being uh, driven within our group and trying to be perfectionist, not that we will achieve that, but trying to be a perfectionist and make sure that we achieve that, the high goals. I think we're both are voracious readers, and there's there's we we want to absorb knowledge about every single entity, which is kind of why we're in this business. And, and throughout our careers, we always started um, at the bottom and worked our way up, and that was to, to learn every single job that was out there. We, we didn't want any stone untouched. We wanted to know how everything worked and operated um, we're, very, we're both very solutions-driven, and that's been a consistent theme throughout our lives. No matter what career path we picked or, or what our interests were, is we had to devour that from, from A to Z. And uh, that thirst for knowledge 
um, has taken us, you know, uh, all across the spectrum from a, a business standpoint. And I think that's one of the, the neat things that still drives us today is, you know, life's an evolution and, and it's constantly changing. And, and so you have to constantly be learning and that keeps you young and active um, and involved and able to change the community that you reside in. And so that has really worked to our favor um, along the way in, in both life and in business. I'd also add independence. You know, our fam- both our families were encouraging of independence. That could be independence of leaving at 7 o'clock in the morning and be on the beach all day and, and get home, knowing that you had to get home before the lights went off and things like that. But it sounds very simple, but being encouraged to be independent, being encouraged to go out and uh, try those endeavors to not necessarily a failure but a non-success. We can talk about that later with respect to how that relates to some some life stories, but, you know, your successes and non-successes, and you learn from the non-successes so you can have a, a success later. So that independence, I would say, also is a, is a key key component to what made us successful so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, failures are often the best learning experiences. So taking that next step, well, you know, we talked a little bit about your childhood. Uh, tell us about where you went to college. Um, so I, I started uh, a little bit all over. I started um, at Columbia College in Columbia, South Carolina, a women's university, which was fantastic. Uh, for me, um, because it exposed you to all types of leadership positions. And so uh, I, I was very active there, um, had a bunch of sit-ins on campus and, and uh, ex- explored everything when I was there. It was uh, a, quite a wonderful experience. Um, but then I, I transferred um, right before uh, I was about to graduate. I transferred across country uh, and went to school out in Texas and finished out there. And uh, was able to explore the West a little bit and, and sow some wild oats out that way. And uh, and then wrap things up there and then move back to Atlanta when I finished college out there. So my, my path uh, took a few changes uh, along the way. Yeah, and unfortunately or fortunately for me, I would say my path was not nearly that clean. But uh, I started working at 15. I worked in the restaurant industry up until about 22, 23. So I had the opportunity to run a restaurant, manage 90 people by the time I was 21. So I was doing the local community college at that time, uh, basically trying to determine what I wanted to do. I had strong interest in sciences, so I took a lot of coursework in science, strong interest in health, uh, took many courses there, took all kinds of courses in finance and business and so on and so forth. And finally, one day, the counselor sat down and said, look, you've got enough credits to have a bachelor's degree and you're at a local community college. Why don't you pick something? Um, So I chose to kind of reset some things, and I went back to school when I came down to Atlanta um, almost 20 years ago now, I uh, picked up a job there and I went back to school to get bachelor's of science and engineering. Um, and I was doing that at night while working full-time at school. And I did about 22 credit hours as I was working. So it was really just trying to find my direction. I wasn't really good at early on at, at honing in on that. It was more exploring and just trying to figure out what fit for me. Right. So at, around this time, um, yeah, Cheryl, what was your, at, at your 20-year-old self, what were you looking to do with your life? Where did you think it was going, where did you think your life was going to take you? And I, same question for you, David. You know, like David, I, I had been working since I was 15. Uh, I put myself through school and worked multiple jobs while I went to school full-time. Um, always had worked multiple jobs. Had several of my own businesses um, when I was in college. And so uh, sold those off when I was done. So I've always been been looking for opportunities. And that's that's one of the things that I think our upbringing really taught us is that um, challenges are not adversities to me. We were taught challenges are opportunities. And that's what we or at least I have throughout my entire life 
looked at those things as opportunities. So wherever I was, I looked for um, opportunities for both business and personal advancement. And that could be the people you bring in your life. That could be um, the, the situations you put yourself in. You know, you call yourself to be around people that call you higher and put you in better positions. Um, and same with businesses. You, you know, you make those decisions early on. That's one of the things you do get to control in life is, is your direction. And those are formed by the choices you make. So, you know, I changed gears. I was originally in education, and I changed that right before I was about to graduate. I decided yeah, that I had a, a kid throw a desk at me when I was student teaching. Oh my. So I don't think this is what I'm going to do for the rest <laughs> of my life. You know, all of the women in my family had been teachers, so that was, you know, ingrained that, you know, it's a great job. You're, you know, you're wonderful to give back to the community. You have summers off, you know, teachers is the way to go. But I said, I don't want to be a teacher. So, uh, you know, I, I picked up and I moved across country, um, went to visit some friends and traveled and finished college, um, got a scholarship out there to finish college and changed careers completely. And so I changed paths and was looking at pre-med and um, exercise science and uh, psychology. And so I, I was one of those people that had, you know, four or five majors going at, at any given time. And um, so that's kind of the way my path diverted. And then when I got out, it was uh, early 90 and the economy was shifting, right? So they were having a lot of layoffs at that time. So you get out of school and everything you think you're going to do, you know, I had done internships and externships at Coca-Cola in Atlanta and at a hospital. I was doing uh, internships there and working for both companies at the same time, trying to figure out what I was going to do and, and make ends meet, pay off school loans and all that stuff. And the economy crashed. And so they were laying off people, both at Coke and at um, the hospital I was working at. So I said, well, I, I've got to make a living. So I basically went to work for, for both entities in every capacity imaginable. I would clock out of of one job and go and clock in the other at the hospital and then go clock in a different department and a different department. Uh, but that gave me incredible experience. I learned everything from A to Z. Every job nobody else wanted, I signed up for because I got to see the inner workings of things. So I learned very quickly how to run a medical practice. I learned um, how to do medical billing. I learned all these things I never would have gotten otherwise that weren't necessarily in my job description or my my um, graduate degree or in my degree, right? So these were all out of the box, but I was willing to, to soak up any and every opportunity and left no job unturned. And as it was a year later, when they were firing or laying off all these other people, um, I was getting all these contract jobs. I had more work than I knew what to do with because I was willing to be able to do all those jobs. And so shortly thereafter, uh, a physician recruited me to come set up his, his practice because I knew all the ins and outs. So that paid off. I didn't know how it was going to pay off. I just always knew, given opportunity, it will pay off. And so that's been a consistent theme. So that that's how my path went, and that's how I got into healthcare, basically. Uh, and then for 25, the last 25 years, I've been in some form of healthcare, whether it was managing practices or doing consulting. In the last 15 years, I've been doing um, medical device sales for Fortune 500, the largest medical device company. Uh, and then um, we'll talk later, but change yeah. of change of uh, significance. Yeah. So, David, what is what does 20-year-old David see for himself? Well, 20-year-old David was obviously searching. As I said, I was I was working as a restaurant manager, uh, learning all the ins and outs of business. And, and quite frankly, I don't know that I appreciated that education until later in life. Um, so for me, it was really learning the relationships of working with people that are older than you, how to manage them, 
how to manage, you know, uh, customers and marketing and business and finance and bookkeeping and all these things that, um, quite frankly, you go through business school and you read them and you test about those, but they don't necess- they're not necessarily applied. So for me, uh, again, I don't know that I appreciated during the time, but I absolutely appreciate it now as an entrepreneur that having that background. Uh, and then forwarding into the mid-20s when I decided to then finally go back to school and do some of those things, I, I took the what I viewed at the time was a little bit of a backward step, brought on roommates, whatever else, to make sure that I could leverage things properly. And I actually went to work for UPS and walked in the door throwing, as we called it back then, throwing boxes and trucks. And within six months, I was back in management. So what I would say for me in those 20s was really, um, it was a recurring theme of identifying, clarifying goals and and working towards efficiencies. And I realized that that was my talent. So I would say I was searching for my talent or searching for my focus. And I would say towards the end of my 20s, I realized that's what I had a talent for. I could go into a situation I could understand what the problems were. I could look at, you know, what are the constraints? And then I could identify those constraints, identify the most limiting constraint, and then try to knock that constraint down or at least limit it so you can reach your goal. Um, so that's really what I, I was focusing on and learning. It was not something that just came to me at one night and it was apparent. Uh, it definitely was a journey for me through my 20s. So as you guys reflect back on, you know, from childhood, as we talked about, up through college and even your tenure in corporate America, because both of you had very large corporate America experience. Um, give our listeners some insight on that evolution of the entrepreneurial spirit. You know, where was it planted? Where did it come from? And, and kind of how did it develop to a reality? I, I think, um, you know, even before it, it had a name of entrepreneurship, I, I think it, it had that name of, of opportunity. So always looking for to fill a need. And there are so many needs out there, and that's so. So, where in you did that come from? Um, was it your upbringing? Was it something along the way you just picked up? Was learning. it always in your soul? We, we kind of debate sometimes about way nature yeah. versus nurture. Versus Were you born yeah, with exactly. it, or did you develop it? What's your thought? I, I think it's both. I, you know, I, I look at uh, my my sibling completely different than I was. <laughs> right, R- raised in the same household, same work ethic. Both my parents incredibly hard workers. Both put themselves through school. Both worked hard. Um, but we approach life differently, and I never wanted um, any stone unturned. I wanted to know how everything. I wanted to know how everything worked. I wanted to um, be able to say that I walked that path. Uh, but also, I, I give kudos to to my parents. You know, um, my mom is the one that that instilled that curiosity about life and about learning and about opportunity. Uh, that was that was paramount. You know, she was. One of the most creative people I've ever known. Um, I did not inherit one single gene of that, unfortunately. I wish I did, but but she she there was nothing she couldn't do, and she couldn't do incredibly well. She was an artist. She was a teacher. She was one of the most creative people imaginable. And I always wanted to do that, but anytime I attempted, you know, I wanted to do it perfectly, and and so I I dealt with a lot of those unsuccessful adventures, as we'll call them, and that was a huge frustration. Part, but she taught me it's not failure. It's it's just you weren't as successful as you thought. So change the way you think, right? What did you learn from that? So from from every attempt, she always encouraged me that there was nothing I couldn't do. I, I could go after anything, and I could be whatever I wanted. But it was a mindset. It wasn't um, a, a talent or a gift. There are some people that are gifted, and that's great. Um, but but those that can find the opportunity and go after and and seize that that moment that the world is unlimited for you. You know, as long as 
is there's knowledge um, and opportunity, then you get to design what your life is going to look like. So that was very, very empowering as a child. Um, I, I met with lots of, of, of failure or unsuccessfulness, but um, everything was an opportunity. David, how about for you, that thirst for entrepreneurship, how was it developed and nurtured? I would say it's a little bit of both, as, as Cheryl mentioned. Um, obviously, at home, we, we were encouraged to to seek things. As I said, that independence, I believe, it was key for, for us and for me uh, personally. But I would also say I was blessed with, with good mentors, even in, in, in schools. So uh, we moved around quite a bit when I was a child. I ended up going to 12 or 13 schools before I graduated high school. Um, so basically, for me, I was blessed, again, to be challenged by certain teachers when I would come into a school system, sometimes you would move from one school system to another and you might be ahead. So they would, I would have teachers that would actually challenge me and say, fine, you think you know this? Well, what about this? Which was great because that my thirst for knowledge and learning, it really helped me to drive out and learn more uh, and not to rest on what you think you know. Uh, so that, that education part. And then in the other opposite way, if you go into a school system where you basically uh, – you need to move forward and you feel like, oh, hey, these guys are advanced. It was a, I loved it because now I had a target, right? So I'm very target driven. And if I see that and I want to achieve that, that drove me even harder. So for me, I would say that's where it comes from. And it led into um, the concept of corporate America. What we, I let you hear people talk now about entrepreneurship. Within corporate America, the last company I was with, I was there for 17 years, but I, I had multiple roles in that company. I came in at ground floor. I was working uh, uh, in industrial management went into management, special projects, bringing on different business systems. I did engineering. I did sales, sales leadership, you name it. And that company, again, allowed me to grow. So I was blessed in, in getting into opportunities, but I think it's also that nature of going after things, asking why are we doing it this way when it's much easier to do this? Or why not take the extra effort to do A, B, and C so that we can be more efficient and then figure out where we want to place that, that effort and that attitude and that focus. So for me, that's kind of what I would say is what drove me from an entrepreneur to now entrepreneur and trying to do what we're doing today. And one last question. Shell, you mentioned that you actually ran some businesses in college. Uh, is there anything that you've learned from those experiences that you can apply to today? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's basically, um, you know, uh, apply, uh, go after every single opportunity. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what it looks like. If there's a need, one of the businesses I did was window washing, right? I was in West Texas, dirtiest, windiest town. What business do they need? Plate glass windows in a little bitty town. They always get dirty. So my boyfriend at the time, he was six foot seven. I'm five foot four. I'm like, let's do a window washing business. We can <laughs> do that. the top windows. Exactly. Exactly. Right? exactly. And all we needed was a little bit of vinegar and some newspaper. And we were able to sell that off and pay off some of our loans. So that's what I'm saying is there's wow. always opportunity. You just have to be creative. Well, we're going to look forward to having you guys back next week to yes. talk about how the opportunity of certainly uh, your current venture, which is Amada Senior Care here in Charleston, has come about and hear more about the entrepreneurial journey along the way. So Cheryl Etheridge and David Lewis, thank you for your time today. Thanks for being here and sharing your wisdom with our listeners. All right. And we will talk to you guys next week. Have a great rest of your Saturday. Thanks, thank guys. You. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Join the Christian business movement. Visit sc-c3.org. 
Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. If you're a successful business leader or entrepreneur and would like to be featured on a future program, send an email to rick at cfpgroup.biz. Listen in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. You've invested countless hours and dollars building your business, and now your investment in your business has paid off. But did you know that according to Business News Daily that more than 60% of small business owners planning to leave their business in the next 10 years don't have an exit strategy? Hi, it's Rick Durkee of the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Let me ask you, have you planned your personal financial future wellness as well as that of your business? Have you established a succession plan for your business? Have you developed a plan for your perpetual legacy? Join me for a free discovery workshop to develop the best strategy for your business. BEST Business Exit Strategy Timetable. Call now and I'll send you an invitation by email to learn how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. Call 843-735-5065. That's 843-735-5065 for this free discovery workshop on how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. 843-735-5065. If there was a critical missing fact that was costing you money now or would cause you a problem in your future, when would you want to know about it? Hi, it's Rick Durkee. Join myself and certified financial planner Frank Hutto for a two-day educational course in December titled Roadmap to Retirement, and it's to be taught at the North Campus of College of Charleston. There's no fee to attend, so call now to register, 843-735-5065, or visit our webpage at retiresoon.biz. That's keywords, retiresoon.biz.